Kev on stage tried to tell you that. You know I'm not going to And Kev on stage was absolutely right. When he said that day, you knew he wasn't going to listen to you. And you have not listened to me since that day. No. I can't remember a day where you did listen to me. And that's why we be in the predicaments we be in. Because yo, who don't listen. Anyways. Welcome back to the Rehab Room. The place where we talk about all things life from the middle of the journey. In this room, we focus on living, learning, and evolving through life one day at a time without the pressure of perfection. I'm your host, Therese Johnson, and today, as you can already tell, I am joined by my amazingly annoying, handsome husband, no other than, that's an inside joke, no other than the Mr. Johnson himself. Insert fake claps. Clap, 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 clap. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm back. Get your, I am. About, <laughs> this is not a good. <sighs> All right, we're doing this. All right. Clearly, today is a marriage-focused episode. Don't breathe in the mic, loser. Full disclosure, y'all. He is at, he's probably gonna act real extra today because he knows that he is on my nerve, but he doesn't know why I am annoyed with him, which is typically how things go in our household. He is just head in the clouds, don't even know that there are fiery darts aimed at his head. But that's not the point of this episode today. What you gotta say? Which you, you just you just burned in to say something. You ain't gonna say hi. Did you say hi to the people? Or was that beatbox your hi? That was my introduction. Oh, that was your intro? Yeah. Oh, alrighty. Praise the Lord. Anyways, today we are going to be talking about some marriage and relationship things. I feel like, well, we both feel like this information is good for lotty dotty everybody, whether you are dating, whether you are engaged, whether you are newly married, whether you are old school married. I think our conversation will be um, helpful. There are some things that I felt like we could, we should rather talk about on the podcast, some things that I have learned in a class that I am taking. So we're just going to jump right into it. And my husband, as always, he is going to pull it in and start being on his best behavior. Are you guys praying? I don't hear anybody praying. All right, here we go. All right, so as I mentioned, um, this topic that we're going to talk about today is from a class that I am currently taking. As you all know, I am a full-time college student, and one of the classes that I am taking is all about marriage and vocation. Marriage is called Marriage and Christian Vocation. Shout out to Dr. Fanukin. He is amazing. Um, He has us reading this book called Good Marriage. And it is by, it's called The Good Marriage, How and Why Love Lasts by Judith Wallerstein and Sandra Blakesley. Now, it's a very old book. So some of the things that are inside, not inside, some of the knowledge 
rather that's in the book is a little outdated but overall this book has really been eye-opening and one of the things that has really caught my attention which is the title of this episode today were the nine tasks of building a good marriage when I read this list, I thought that it was a great source for conversation. I actually took this to my husband while we were out on a date night a few weeks ago, and I was asking him, you know, what he thought about this list, if he thought the list was good list, bad list, was it missing anything, and how the list applies to our marriage. What do we think we were doing good? What are some areas that we can work on? Um, things like that. And so I thought it would be a great podcast episode. And this is why we are here today. So the first thing, the first task of building a good marriage is, number one, to separate emotionally from the family you grew up in. No, separate emotionally from the family you grew up with so you can fully invest in the marriage you're building and also redefine the connection with both families of origin. In other words, separating from the family that you grew up with, defining what family means to you within your marriage, and then being able to merge those two families together. So husband, do we do this or have we done this enough? Have we been successful at this? Has this been challenging for us? What say you? So in other words, you talking about Leave and cleave as the Bible. That's what the Bible says. Call it leave and cleave. Um, well, I feel like we've done a good job at it uh, up to this point. It was rough in the beginning because there were a lot of uh, moving parts of the two families merging or with me and you both dating. And uh, neither one of us seeing a perfect picture of marriage was. Uh, and we didn't probably, uh, well, honestly, we, neither one of us knew what, uh, marriage really took or, uh, what we believed about marriage. Facts. So up to this point, I say, yeah, because we've, um, we've merged into, uh, you know, we've become one, mm -hmm. uh, we have, define what marriage is to look like for us you know do you think our definition of what our marriage look looks like um is accepted by everybody or do we get pushback on that um i think you get pushback on it because culturally it looks different for everybody mm -hmm. um when you talk about the confines of marriage between husband and wife um and not only just yeah with husband and wife and in the context of christian marriage we know that the foundation is christ mm -hmm. everybody doesn't agree with the foundation of it being christ some people sure. think the foundation of it is love should be love and you i know, mean love is important love is important but love is not what causes marriages to to last or to survive on a side note y'all we're gonna do an episode about this my husband told me that he didn't really know if he was like in love in love with me when we first had got married but like later on down the line he figured that i was the one i don't know how that works and i still to this day don't understand his logic behind that so we're gonna have to dig into that but christ is the center of our marriage as it should be right 
I think that this is something that we have been challenged at over the years. I think once we truly decided that our marriage was going to be our marriage and the way that we define family is the way that we define family and standing firm on that, I think that has that's caused us to be able to merge a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I do think that we haven't completely fully merged like my family, your family, our new family that we build together. I don't think that those three are fully merged. Well, that's because the family's ever growing and things change along the lines. So would this be a lifelong practice or task of marriage i think so i think i think the two becoming one flesh is a lifelong task because we change people change change is inevitable so you redefine what what you look like you redefine Mm -hmm. what marriage looks like you you know your philosophy if you will will change compared to how it was 10 years ago because the world around us is changing so then you kind of figure out like what matters what doesn't matter but like mm-hmm. I said, in the context of Christian marriage, Christ should stay the center of the marriage. It has to be built on Christ first and foremost. Mm, uh, I just got something. Now we, go so ahead. our our foundation doesn't change because mm-hmm. our foundation is Christ, right. but our expression of what marriage is kind of goes through. Correct. That's good. That's, and that's great. Over time. Yeah, that's great definition that Christ stays the center, but the the def the uh, the what you say say it again the, the Christ stays uh, the foundation, the, but the expression, expression yeah, of that's what, what our marriage saying. Yeah, is. the expression changes because you find out what uh, those different expressions, what matters, what doesn't matter. In know? this particular season right. versus old season. Correct. Like I use like the example that. all the time how one of the ways I expressed my love to you was buying you roses unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And then you stop liking roses unexpectedly. So then that expression no longer worked. <laughs> <laughs> but now they work again. I guess. Do they work again? I just told you the other day that I like flowers again. You did say that. I did. And then so so let me tell y'all something. See, her expression <laughs> We gotta have to do this in two parts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, her her expression flowers were done away with and chips became the the expression of what love. What specifically did I say? About the chips. Uh huh. I think we traded flowers for two things. It was a certain chip and a drink. I don't remember those. High fries and yeah. a Pepsi. High fries and a Pepsi, yeah. yeah. I don't remember you being an avid pe- Pepsi drinker like that. You probably did. We're not about to argue. Wait, argue about what? Because I've been about? drinking Pepsi forever. But you don't drink it now? You really Right, don't. I'm older now. I can't drink it like that. But right. every now and then, sis needs a Pepsi. Understood. So... The the first task of building a good marriage, separate from the family you know, redefine, well, define what your family and your marriage is going to look like, connecting those two together. That's one of the tasks of building a good marriage, according to this book. Second task, build togetherness while creating space for autonomy. And one of the things that the book called it was creating a sense of we-ness. So like, we're together we're a team we're on one accord we are one flesh but also in us being one we are still creating space for us to be individuals um individuals in our career paths in our likes and dislikes 
and just overall being able to be two individual people, but also be a team. I think this one we have done well. I have, um, I don't know, maybe I've forced this one because I think I've spent a lot of our marriage, probably especially within the last, I would say five or six years, I am all about me being Therese Johnson, all things Therese Johnson. Yes, I'm a wife. Yes, I'm a mother. But y'all not finna just dummy me down. And I, I don't mean to say it like that, but I'm saying like saying it like that. Y'all not finna just put me in this box where I'm just mother and wife. I am Therese Johnson. Many things. And so I don't, um, I haven't let this marriage take away from who I am. Um, like I said, as I've gotten older, I am definitely trying to carve my own way. So I feel like with that, my husband has given me a lot of room to do that. I feel like because of our differences in personalities, I am more of a jumper. I think sometimes, a lot of times, but when it comes to just doing stuff and trying new things, that's who I am. That's a part of my autonomy. My husband is, um, you got to make, make it make sense for him to kind of move and do stuff, but that's his personality. And so I'm actually learning to create space for him because, and I actually told you this over dinner, I would like to see you carving out you know, the Charles Johnson Jr. lane. I know you as a husband. I know you as a father. I know you as a minister of the gospel, but what else is there to Mr. Johnson? There's a lot more to Minister Johnson. I ain't call Mr. you Minister. What you call me, Mel? Like, I you would never I refer to you as Minister. I was say, did you call me Minister? And I don't want you calling me Minister. We are Tank and Reese, and that is it. Well, we know but that. Anyway. We only minister when we in the church context and we wear those hats. But there is a lot to Charles Johnson. There's creative space there. There's... You should start a podcast. No, there, <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there is the entrepreneur uh, Charles Johnson. Mm -hmm. There's the athletic Charles Johnson who who's athlete. Very where I'm very competitive. I'm still athletic. I'm still in my prime. I still I love competing. I wish Anthony Norris was right here so we could just talk about the clipboard. But anywho, on clipboard, you and Pastor with this clipboard, whatever. Calling ourselves athletes. Well, we're very much so still athletes. <laughs> Y'all some y'all some haters. The people from the sidelines always want to take away from the people on the court. Anywho, that's just sideline chirp. Oh, um, you know what I struggle with? What your autonomy in that area? Because I hate your basketball nights. I'm just gonna admit see, it. See, <laughs> I hate it. Because they're so inconvenient. They're not inconvenient. No, anyway. they're not inconvenient. They're you know at the times that they are. And I don't always go, but you know, I'm trying to pick that back up more, actually. Listen, um, fruit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> see, now you're going to make me cough because St. Louis weather been crazy now, trying to keep my cough down. But you, because <clears throat> you trying to make me laugh. But, anywho, um, but yeah, I feel like even with that, that we've created space, I think oftentimes the, uh, the woman gets lost into the identity of and the I man refuse. and that's good i never wanted you to get lost into my identity you are your own person just as much as i am my own person and for yeah. those i 
I know I said dummy down and that probably was the wrong phrase because if your best roles or if that's all you do is mom and wife, that is, that is not a menial or a small role no, at all. That takes a lot of work. That takes a lot. I just know for me, I need to be doing something else. Hence the reason why I'm on this podcast and do, being a full-time student and looking into some other areas and also writing a book and doing a bunch of other things. Which I probably overdo. I'm probably a little bit overproductive. Well, there's no such thing as I don't think it's overproduction. I think it's for a take it from a person who tries to be calculated in what he does. Sure. There's times and season for everything. And so like what I'm doing now, I probably won't do in five years. And then, you know, it's redefined and it's continual growth. A so what's next for, for Charles Johnson? What, what, where's your space? What, what, what lane are you getting into? I, I don't know. You know, that I'm thinking about quite a few things. Uh, I had no podcast is not one of them. I had not considered um, podcasting. I have considered not podcasting, but uh, creating a safe space for men to talk. You and bro need and, to do that. And, That's settled. I'm calling my sister like, after this. Having like, you know, a fellowship for men yes. where we, uh, you know, were able to talk marriage, things in life. Yes. Because fellas need accountability and, yes. you know, to be challenged by other men to, you know, grow and, and you know, and develop. Vent. And who? And vent. Yeah. And talk, yeah, and say all the the things that we're trying to get y'all to say that y'all don't want to say to us. Say that to somebody. That's because we choose peace. No, nah, nah, y'all don't choose peace. Y'all choose choose passiveness and avoidant behavior. No, because which is not of God. No, because I told you last week uh, how I felt, and you laughed about what I told you. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. that was great. That was really great. It gave me a lot to think about too. I was like, look at this. Girl, trying to uh, be all truthful and whatnot. I guess you better call me out. <laughs> Do you think we we have built togetherness well? Well, for sure. Everybody knows too. that you see Tank, you gonna see Reese. You you know they know it's Tank and Reese. They Here know that nothing's terrible. And us. it ain't gonna change. They know nothing. And Reese gonna come first. <laughs> they know nothing's gonna tear us apart. Um, you know, though the many attempts have come through, you know, intentional attempts. Yeah. Y'all people been trying to break us up for years. You know, the, the I don't know why, but it's just the fact because you know people be jealous and sometimes you realize we have outlasted a lot of marriages. Misery loves company. Uh, yeah, I do realize that all to the glory, all to the glory of the Lord, to the glory and honor of the Father. Because it's just like your post you made the other day. We the thing is, we keep choosing each other. That, oh, you watch my post? Well, I see yeah. you comment. Yes, I watch your post. I'm I listen to your content. <laughs> you don't support my content. I do support <laughs> your content. I do. I'm I'm happy to be here today, back in Ray Ray's boom boom room. Anyway. <laughs> Second task of building a good marriage, build togetherness while creating space for autonomy. That is very important, y'all. I mean, in a marriage, yes, you are one, but make sure you're giving your spouse your spouse space to be who they are unapologetically. And um, yeah, that puts you on a good path. Number three, we're probably going to break this into two, two, two episodes. Embrace, this is big embrace the daunting 
roles of parenting while protecting your privacy, aka how I interpreted this third task was embracing everything that it takes to be a parent, but also not forgetting about your marriage, not allowing you to becoming parents to outweigh you all being husband and wife. Um, I was talking to um, a friend from church the other day and she was saying how, um, and she's probably, probably listening. She was saying how she's going to start putting a note on the door. Like we did one day we, um, this is during a time where we, we ain't had no money to go out and date a whole lot. And so we have been doing home dates, but home dates, when you got a bunch of kids, like we do, we have a total of seven. When you got a bunch of kids, they come up to the door, mama, 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 daddy, daddy, daddy. So we put a note on the door that said, making animal noises do not disturb. That was us being parents, however, protecting our marriage. I will be the first to say that we have not always done this one well. Agree. I might agree to that. Especially when it comes to the home dates, we have allowed more interruption than we have. We have allowed more interruption than we have, you know, pr- we've protected, you know, the time set aside. So that's. Does becoming a parent take over marriages sometimes? No. Oh, oh no, no, no. Yes, they absolutely do. I thought you were about to ask me like, it should it? No. No, it should yeah. never, but it does. But it does. And there are some people who believe that their kids come first over the marriage there that's a whole nother argument another episode because baby folks be going to town over them post about who 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 plate do you make first and who eat first all i'm gonna say is i said like this your kids are gonna get older and leave you and you are gonna be in the house with that man and for the man with that woman and if you pl- place that person second uh, and you place the kids over your relationship, you're going to have to do a whole lot of uh, reconnecting and building um, to get it back if it's not lost by that time. That's true. A lot of couples and marriages and relationships, they stay together just for the sake of the kids because they lose the identity of what the marriage was. Yeah. Uh, during that time of raising kids so which is why i say to you and i have been saying for the last probably two to three years that we have to start investing more into our marriage because i don't want to be one of them ones that we raise all of these kids together and then after these kids leave us that i'm looking at you like bro i don't even like you why are you still here? Why you ain't leave with them kids? Well, she said she didn't like me today, y'all. But as you can see, we are in here recording. She actually is emphatically in love with me <laughs> and loves me and likes me today because I didn't do anything today, y'all. Nothing at all. They did nothing. That's part of the problem, but we're not even going to go there. Um... I like the way Wallerstein said daunting roles of parenting. Y'all, it is, it ain't no easy task becoming parents. Absolutely not, especially from a male who has daughters who are growing breasts. You are not about to talk about that on my podcast. I'm just saying. My baby's friends listen to this. I don't care. They can listen to this. They need to know that 
that daddies care. These daddies care and that they have a father who very much so loves them and is watching them grow up before his eyes and, you know, just looking at what their interests are. Because they like boys and everything. I know. It's a daunting role. I'll be back. Let me go load up my pistol. Shut up, Charles. Can we, can I just take 30 seconds to talk about how it's hard for couples to get through the baby stages? Like, y'all, can I tell y'all that we're losing the battle of co-sleeping right now? That my husband has a pallet on the floor and we've only been able to play footsie one time this week? Like... Our 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 beautiful buddy has had thing after thing after thing over the last month, and he currently has a double ear infection with boogers coming all out his eyes. Like it is very diff- difficult. And I think about the couples that don't have any children right off the bat. So yeah. like for us, we're a blended family. Yeah. I had two sons coming in. We got pregnant honeymoon night. Um, had twins that that following February. So within the first year of our marriage, we went from two kids to four kids. So we've never not had kids, but I think about how couples that don't have any children and they come together, how dramatically life changes when you got this little beautiful bundle of joy, who's amazing and who gives you all the good cuddles. But for men, the baby takes mommy away. Yeah, that could be the case. But I think if, you notice I've been strategic and making sure when we get a chance to steal away and date that we, we have, do. even if that's just, you know, even if going it's to just eat. rice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stealing away to go eat or, you know, have lunch wherever. Um, just so again, protecting what we've already built and yeah. making sure that we stay connected. Cause it got to um, outlast these kids. Well, facts. Cause we, you know, one day we will be empty nesters and it's so far away. Yeah, it may seem like that. <laughs> it may seem like that, but man, time don't wait on nobody. Hey, we was, and the Lord was like, "Hey, do it one more time. One more time. Do it for the fine." I, like, I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> Literally, that's what he said, and the Lord was like, "Baby, I don't care about that." And we did it anyway. But I really think that that is a huge task, and one that. You have to keep persevering through because even after your children are grown and out of the house, you're still parents. Ask oh, my absolutely, mama. absolutely. Ask his mama. Absolutely. Like, we and still need them. I've made pieces with that. That I'll forever be a father. Yeah, I've made peace with that. Like I know I have y'all because like our next house, I already told her like I want our next house to like seven or eight bedrooms so that they can always come home. I they can always have space. Um, because life is rough and bills be kicking people's behind <laughs> and i know that <laughs> just from from being an adult Hello, and so i kicked. want my kids to <laughs> whatever <laughs> i want my kids to always have a safe space to come home and be like oh, pop didn't work out i need to try again okay well your room is in there is together and you know stay as long as you like and let's regroup and refocus and i can name at least two of them that's gonna have that testimony well i mean i ain't gonna say that name. oh you don't but they might have it and but they always have a space so um they always be able to come home but even in them coming home they better know that it's mama and daddy well absolutely they'll know that they'll grow into the understanding of that um we love and, y'all but yeah. it's team us right 
They know that because they they gonna it's gonna oh, be team now. Like you again, just by saying that. Oh, it's team us. Okay, all right. I'm a song, but I'm gonna do that. Copyright. Yeah. The last one we're gonna talk about in this episode, and we're going to do a part two to this. The number four task of building a good marriage is confronting and mastering the inevitable crisis of life while keeping a strong bond in the midst of adversity. In other words, understanding that my professor say S happens. Stuff going to continue to happen in life, but through it all, your marriage has to be strong enough to face adversity. I think this one, we are battle tested. Agreed. I mean, we, we're doing, we're actively yet still doing this because <clears throat> stuff just, stuff just continues to happen. I mean, we've had some wonderful seasons. I think about 2019 going into 2020 and then a little bit of 2021. Like those were some, that was a really good stretch. And then it became not a really good stretch, just <laughs> out the blue. Because life be life, and life much. be life, and it's felt like a seesaw ever since then. Like it got a, it got better last year, and then it went back down, and it's like. But this is where you pull on the foundation of what your marriage was built Absolutely. on. This is why Christ has to be the foundation of your marriage because your mm, faith is going to play a big good. part and making it through whatever life is dealing you so whatever christ him, keeps us strong christ keeps us strong he mm. you building on a solid foundation i'm telling people i'm saying christ specifically because that's what works for us we right. are together today because christ is at the center Absolutely. of the marriage can you find love outside of christ a lot of people would say so like yes you can and maybe you can i'm telling you for us we are 17 years together 16 years married because christ has been at the foundation of our marriage and we haven't always leaned in and depended on him we have not there's been times where uh flesh and our selfish desires have been the motive but when you take a moment to reflect and you think about you know what you've really built and you take a moment to look back and you look to see is Christ really at the foundation of the relationship? That's that's what's going to be key. That's what's going to be important because his word is made alive in our lives and our marriages are to reflect the image of how Christ loves the church. Yeah. And he would he yet chooses the church, even though we mess up, even though so we, we choose each other. There you go. You called it. Even yeah. though, you know, adversity is going to come. Right. We're going to screw things up. Right. Plus life is just going to life. Correct. And them kids going to be them kids. Right. So in order to build a good marriage, you have to yeah, confront well, and master yeah. the fact that it's just going to keep happening, but we have to remain strong. And another way that, I think is important to add in here because y'all know I love all things mental health. One of the ways that you build a strong foundation, yes, is through Christ, but also through counseling. Correct. Yeah, we did counseling. We definitely multiple did. times. We did marriage counseling multiple times, um, and it was very useful and helpful. And we still use some of the practices yeah. today. When we start acting all crazy, we'd be like, "Hold on, uh, Marisha taught us active listening. Let's yeah. go back to that because we're not listening. We right. is." Uh, verbally assaulting each other this is not helping correct correct 
But through that, we are made stronger because we remember like, all right. Adversity is the thing that helps us to be stronger. We Life is no fairy tale. You're not going to have fairy tale stories like they got married and was happy. The end. Like, no. Child, that ain't no truth. <laughs> ain't no truth in them Disney marriages. No, that's exactly what it is. They should have showed what happened to, uh, what's a Disney marriage? The Cinderella story. They need to oh, do yeah. a part two, life after marriage. Right. I bet you it ain't all glitz and glamour with them slippers. Right, exactly. So, you know, adversity is the thing that makes us strong. And like you said, it, uh, you get tried by the fire. That's and you it. come out as pure gold. Yeah. Shout out to the Clark sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so number four, confronting and mastering the inevitable crisis of life while keeping a strong bond in the midst of adversity. That is the fourth task in building a good marriage. All right, y'all. So the four things that we talked about, the four tasks that we talked about today were number one, separating emotionally from the family you grew up with so that you can fully invest in the marriage that you're building and also redefine the connection with both families of origin. In other words, merging two families together. Number two, building togetherness while creating space for autonomy. Number three, embrace the daunting roles of parenting while protecting your privacy. In other words, having kids, but also protecting your marriage. And number four, confronting and mastering the inevitable crisis of life while making, not while making, while keeping a strong bond in the midst of adversity. Those were four of the nine tasks of building a good marriage. Again, this is from um, a book that I am reading for my marriage and Christian vocation class. I'm going to link the book in the show notes. You can get it on Amazon if you are interested. It really is a good practical book. Um, We have five more tasks that we are going to hit on in the next episode. Um, But I think what we've talked about so far is very good as it relates to marriage because all of these tasks take one word and that is work. If we don't tell y'all nothing else, we are constantly telling people that marriage takes work. Work. Why? Why? Y'all, it took work for me to sit down and record with him today. But 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 we did it. Work. Work, 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 work. See, you won't supposed to be singing. That ain't your song. Copyright. See, <laughs> see. Copyright. Yeah, copyright gonna come for you. Oh my God. Um, anyways, we're going to do a part two to this. I hope that this conversation has been, um, I know it's been comical, but outside of the comedy, I do hope that you all take these four tasks that we have mentioned and talk with your spouse about it. See what you guys are doing well. See the areas that you may need improvement on and just commit to building like it it's a commitment it's a lifelong commitment to building and working and figuring it out correct and you don't just get it right in the first year and then you just keep being right for a hundred years it just it's not it's not gonna work like that 
It takes constant work, constant tweaking, and all of the things. So I look forward to talking about the other five things on the next episode. Mr. Johnson, do you have anything else you want to say? Work. And that is all for today. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. Please make sure that you check out the show notes so that you can see the book. Also, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure that you comment on the question about um, what you thought about today's episode. I hope that you guys share this episode. I hope that you rate and subscribe. And also, if there are any other marital or relationship questions that you guys want us to talk about, please feel free to send us a DM. You can send it to my inbox. Ladies, let me inbox to my men. But you can always send it to my inbox. (laughs) Boy, people be inboxing you, but anyways. Or you can email me at reesesaidit at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at the rehab room with an underscore at the end. You can also find me on Facebook at my name, Therese Johnson. Again, I appreciate everybody for listening to today's episode. And we will see you again soon in the rehab room. Bye, y'all.